Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show on the ProVision Brokerage Celebrity Segment. And I'm excited to welcome the program my co-host, Eric Couch. Eric, how are you? Um, our guest today, I'm just a huge fan of. I just, I just, yeah. I love them and all the, a ton of different projects. But again, he's a funny guy, too. So go ahead and introduce our guest. Okay, so today's guest has been... He's, he's wore a lot of hats, right? He's, he's, he's worked at a meatpacking place. He's been a bouncer. He's been an ordained minister. He's a producer, a father, a comedian, an actor. He's won a Golden Globe Award. Um, he, he's won two Golden Globe Awards, actually, um, among other things. And, and a lot of people know him as the guy uh, in a scene that, that's telling him, you know, who does number two work for? And you show him who's <laughs> boss. So today, we are talking with none other than Tom Arnold. So, Tom Welcome to the show. Looking forward to chatting with you. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be here. And uh, as I was getting ready, <clears throat> this is a little microcosm of my life here. Uh, Sasha, who I, lives here with the kids and I, my assistant, you know, because of COVID, you know, we're all quarantined and we're all, you know, we, we also do a podcast. Right. Not, yeah. as, not as big of a deal as yours, but we do it because we're all quarantined. And then, and my kids... Yeah, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I have, we, I'm a, a single 61-year-old father with a seven-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. And I have, <clears throat> their bedrooms are wonderful. I work so hard on their bedrooms. Murphy beds. My daughter uh, loves unicorns. My son loves elves. And they're a bunch of dolls. It, it, whatever. I've designed them, and they still sleep in my room. But, uh, <laughs> but last night, my daughter... Uh, since, since Sasha's here, Sasha sleeps on the couch. When I tell people that, they're like, you're a monster. And then uh, it either goes that way or Sasha's 30. She's very cute. They're like, well, what's going on there? And I go, well, I'm, it's professional. And then they go, well, of course. Oh, wait, she's 30 or 61. Of course it's professional. And I go, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I, well, I'm not dead. But anyway, so Sasha, my daughter and Sasha, that bonded, and my daughter started sleeping in her room last night. This is how it goes. Then my son, I was getting ready. I, my son was in bed. Come on, Dad, go to take your shower, go to bed. I'm tired. So I go in the shower. Then my son gets in bed with my daughter in her room, which is very cute because he imitates me. He's curling up. So then, then there's nobody in Dad's bed, which is, it's never happened. I'm so excited. And then I, I look out. I'm getting ready. I'm taking my time in the bathroom. And look, and I think the lights are off. I think Sasha has left the couch and is, my bed's big. It would be totally uh, a pro. I'm like, oh, so she's moved into my bed. There's plenty of room. And I, I told her, you can always sleep in there. And I see her, and it's fine. And then I think it's Sasha. And then when I come out, I see it's, and I get close, and I realize, oh, that's my son, Jax. I imagined it was Sasha. I can't really see well. And anyway, and then by the time I totally finished my shower, both kids are back in there, and I have to crawl in between them and not wake them up with a little flashlight in my mouth, again, just like I do every night. And just now, Sasha was in there, and I said, she said, when did both kids get out of that bed? I said, when I was finishing my shower, by that time, they were both back in there. I said, you won't believe it. I thought you were actually in there for a while, and then I got up close to it was Jack. She said, oh, I was. And I just thought, you know how you imagine people? You just go, well, that's good. It has to be Sasha. They're a bad, and it actually was. So, you know, when you're older, you just start, 
If you look out, if, you know, anyway, anyway, it's funny. <laughs> well, Tom, you that's guys are welcome. You guys are welcome to sleep in my bed anytime <laughs> you're in elevator. Now, see, that's funny when you talk about that, Tom, about the chaos of quarantine. None of my kids well, sleep in their beds anymore because of quarantine, because there's no right. organization or order. School teaches them how to stay organized. That's right. Go right. to different, it's just been, oh, summer for six months, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And, I, you know, since they're, Jackson's starting first uh, grade uh, Zoom, uh, the, the 18th of, uh, of uh, August, Quinn has been in preschool. And last year, you know, when her, their mom moved out there, she insisted the schools be by her place, uh, which meant the kids that I had to drive four days a week, quite a, quite a drive. But we got a real regimented, our life was, uh, we had to get up at uh, 6.15, up at Adam, and then downstairs. And, you know, my son would wander back upstairs, and it was really hard to get him back down. So what I did was I get him downstairs, I bring the clothes with him. I make him the egg sandwiches, and then at a certain time, because my son, I said, we're not making your sister late. We go to different schools. I go, here's the clothes. I'm going to strip your clothes off you, or you're going to be naked in the car. because not making your little sister late for school. And that's, or I'm taking all the food. I bring a tray, and what would end up happening is uh, his homework. I go, oh, yeah. Uh, okay, let me see your homework. Okay, and it's always about filling in, eight, 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 right. you know, practicing. And there are times, I have to admit, when I would, would have to be in the front seat, like, filling his stuff. And his, his school is a great school, but it's the moms going in, driving to school. You know, these moms are like NASCAR, I have to tell you. They're very nice. <laughs> but getting that on Sunset Boulevard, man, and these are people that you are end up, because they will not, they smile like, hi, can I cut in? No, they will, they don't, because moms have, some of these moms have three schools to get to. Right. They're not, they don't care about me. And if I, if I take my, my eyes off the ball, if I'm like chit-chatting with my kids and miss a light or don't cut in at the right place, it's over. I will, I'll be late. And if you're one minute late for this school, they have a drop-off, a drop-off. They pull the, the, uh, the person out there and then you have to park and do the walk of shame. And the walk of shame means I have to get out of my car with my daughter who start, school starts later and go into the principal's office and sign a slip. And then, and then they, we have, they have to bring another kid down to walk my son into kindergarten. That's what last year, he loves it. But it's like we race to get in that line before they do the I know, off. I know the whole line. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, I've yeah. traded yeah. faith with uh, some of those moms, but it's a, you know, it's a, a great thing that with the Zoom happen, as you know, uh, you know, getting some kids will focus. Mm -hmm. Some So I'm not doing the preschool at all for my daughter. Uh, uh, I'll just, you know, next year when she gets in uh, pre-K, that's a real deal. The the uh, zoo, the the preschool she was in was a like a daycare center, a forty thousand dollar daycare center. I'm not doing that. We do a lot of wonderful things here. Dallas, we do art. We do fantastic uh, learning things. My son needs to, we build a, a, a school right over here, classroom. He needs to bear down uh, as much as possible, but uh, we're gonna do the best we can. We live right across the street from a wonderful public elementary and, uh, and we'll get to that, but we're gonna do our best in this Zoom, but you're right, there is no time, no, no, no day, no week, but we do have a schedule here.
Oh, good. And, and uh, you know, I grew up on a farm. I have four younger brothers. Believe me, my dad had a freaking schedule. That means when the sun comes up, you boys are out there. Right. And you boys are out there. And, and here's, we didn't have, we never got allowance. You, I mean, I don't even know what allowance is. And, uh, and, and my kids, you know, we drive out to a, a farm about 40 miles outside of town here, and we pay money so my kids could pick corn and, and, uh, and strawberries and, and beans, and, and, and they love it. And I can't even believe, because we used to get on buses with drifters and drive yeah. 30 miles from our house and get in cornfields for a dollar forty an hour, and they come back, and nobody thought it was anything. We loved it. And my dad, we used to bale hay all day, and then and that's just what we did. Right. And uh, and then we were eighteen. My dad put our stuff in a box and said, "You're out." <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we paid our way through college. And uh, and he and he was a great guy. He was. They, that's just what you had to do. You know, there were seven kids, and you just wow. You know, you didn't assume anything was going to be. Now, my youngest, I was old as seven. My youngest uh, sister or brother, they got their way paid. But the oldest kids, because there was nothing, my dad right. was a single father for ten years. That you, you just, uh, you but but I, yeah, but I know this, you know. There's always a way to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I worked at, on the kill floor of a meat packing plant for three years to save money for college. Now I don't want my kids to have to do that, but as you know, you know if that's anything else is gravy, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, enough exactly. about me. All right, now Eric has a question, that, but it's great to hear all this family background, and Eric's liking this, to hear the stories of what a celebrity deals with in quarantine. So there you go. Uh, what we're, like I have stories where, I guess when my kids don't sleep in their rooms, and I have six kids, Tom, so I know, oh, and I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, in my, I'm, I'm at my mom's house, because my office at home, forget about it. That won't be, ba- I won't be back in that office till those kids are back to school. And that, and right. yeah, I don't, uh, we're hoping it'll be not virtual, but I don't know. But all right, go ahead, Eric. So, you know, one of the questions that, that I wanted to talk, which we've already actually gone into, but one of the things that blew me away years ago, um, you know, before, before you even had, so your son's older, right? Son and then the yeah, daughter. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you, you were, you were what, 55 years old yeah, when they were, were born 54 and you lost a hundred pounds because you wanted to be around to be a dad for him. Yeah. Tell me about that journey because that that's, you know, a lot of people struggle with that, but, but to do that, to say, you know what, I'm going to be a dad and this is a big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, the, I always said I wanted to be a dad. And when I was working at Hormel at the meatpacking plant, uh, you know, uh, my girlfriend who was still in high school, I was 18 and, and she thought she was pregnant. And I was like, well, that's it. I'm going to be a dad. And I also thought, well, that's how people work here. My grandpa worked there 50 years. You know, we're Jewish and we're from a, a small town in, in Iowa. There's only four Jewish families. And I worked at a pork processing plant. And uh, that's just what we did. And, uh, and some people were in the garment business. But you did the best. That was the best job in town. It was a good job. And I knew I wanted to do something different, not because I was Jewish, but I wanted to do something outside of this. And people, there are people that loved working there because they loved it. And they're couples. And I was like, how do I, how could I, how could I love working here? And my girlfriend said she was going to have a pregnant. I was like, well, that's how you do it. You have a family. 
And you go, I work here and I have a family. And I, I always wanted a, a, a family. And then, uh, and, then, uh, and then she, it turned out she was, uh, she was not telling the truth. And then I was like, uh, after I had to go to tell her dad this, this big six foot seven farmer who, uh, from Missouri who wanted to kill me. And then it right. turned, you know, but I thought, and I was also relieved because I said, whoa, that was, I was close to working here forever. There's something outside of here. But I, I think about what kind of dad I would have been then. My dad was 18 when he had yeah. me. He did his best. My mom was 16 and she was gone. So my dad, when he was 22, he had a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Now, uh, he did a, a sterling job, you know. Yeah. I had two grandmothers who were like mothers and who were just on me, just just so much love. My one grandmother was, you know, she, she ironed my dad's underwear until he got out of high school. That's who she was. And she was, I, I, I didn't miss out on anything. She just, she was amazing. And my other grandmother loved everything I did. And you can always tell when people want to be around kids. Right. You know, kids tell it. They're like, this person enjoys me. And so I got a lot of love. But, that, but the father I would have been at 18, I was a crazy person. You know, and, uh, and, and fighting and getting arrested and drinking. And, and so when, I, when I, 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 I said I wanted to be a father, and, I, and the moment my son was born, uh, I, I, I did want to be a father. But it yeah. changes everything. People are like, what's it like? Everything. You go, everything. <laughs> everything. It's, everything. You know, it's like, go, what is, what is God to you? And you, I go, you cannot put, well, that's what it's like. Looking at yeah. your son, looking at your child. You go, oh, in, in that instant, it's everything. And you, you realize you are nothing. You no. Know? And you realize everything is now. Everything, there's no BS. There's no show business there's no it's this and this is what you do and you you've got to be on top of it and so everything you say after this well um and now it's also frightening because now you you have to be not just on the i mean now it's now you are important because this is your now your job and you have to look out for for this job and i remember when i was cutting the cord i was uh um, you know, I, he, I kind of, uh, he wrapped his fingers around the scissors and I kind of, uh, almost, uh, just for a second, almost cut his fingers off. And I just, it, I took a breath because I was like, oh, that is, it, it just, you know, I don't know if I almost, but he got his fingers around the scissors. I was like, I'm going to feel like that every day. Like that is a scary everything that could possibly happen you know that's what everything feels like like he kind of grabbed onto uh and i'm just like oh that is every moment yeah. every i'm gonna worry about everything like <laughs> this is this is everything is new because i was just so happy and i was like oh no i gotta be on point and i did i i can't be i got very you know because i gained weight during the pregnancy but i gained weight I was so nervous. I'd, I'd had uh, 23 with my various wives uh, in vitros and it failed. And, and, and doing the in vitro process was not something I wanted to do. It was my, uh, at a very low sperm count. And I told all my wives, all four, I said, let's not do that. 
because that's on your body. It's hard on their bodies. I said, let's get a, a donor. And uh, because I believe that adoption, it, one of my personal belief is that there, there are these children and they're, if you're looking for them and they're looking for you and yeah. however it get, they get to you, they're your children. And I, I believe that because maybe the way I grew up. And so, you know, plus, she, and this is true, and I say this, Shaquille O'Neal was my next door neighbor the whole time he played for the Lakers. Wow. And he, really? And, uh, yeah, for eight years, literally next door. He's a great guy. And uh, I, I, I told my second wife, I said, listen, that guy makes beautiful children. He's a great guy. Uh, you know, when, when I grew up in Iowa, if you wanted to borrow a cup of sugar from your next door neighbor, <laughs> knock on their door and said, it's time to get a cup of shack. Like, I was serious. Like, <laughs> but you do think, like, how I don't want the, the, my wives to suffer because it is, and it's also yeah. something that works for a little bit sometimes. And then, and then it does. It's so disappointing. It's so hard on a marriage. And, but, but all three of my, uh, for, uh, first ex-wives tried it, Roseanne, uh, Julie, uh, Shelby, and, and then and at the end of the marriage, we, we uh, uh, tried adoption, which, what, you know, it got, but each, one, each adoption got to a point where we had this child you could have, and, and this child, and it was funny, went to this uh, adoption lawyer who my friend Sharon Stoner recommended, and it, adoption can take a long time, which is, which is good. And, and he was like, oh, you, oh, I get this baby for you in uh, 45 minutes. Uh, and they have a little picture of this little beautiful newborn baby. This, a 15-year-old had this uh, baby in, in Wisconsin. It could be yours. And, that's, and you look at that baby. This really happened. It happened with Roseanne. And, and where you look at that baby and you think, oh, okay, we, the in vitro thing was so stressful that you could see why our marriage was stressed out. And, and, and having a baby the the natural way, you know, they bring that baby into the world with a marriage, with a stressed out marriage. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, everything. But the adopt, this baby here has options. And that's why Rosanna, I like, does our marriage, do we deserve this baby? That's, that's what you really ask us. Look at that baby. Hmm. Is that, are we good enough for that baby? And that's when we said, no, we got to get a divorce. Because we're not good enough for that. We're not going to bring that baby into this. And yeah. so that we got a divorce, and then Roseanne had a baby the the natural way with her first next husband, which I was so grateful for. In fact, all three of my ex wives did, and I was relieved. You know, I was relieved because you know I I want them to be happy. Right. I, don't, I don't, you know, that they're everything worked. You know, you just want people to move on and be happy, and uh, make sure that uh, you know their everything works after you're out of there yeah. and so I was very relieved so with my, my fourth wife I didn't want to do it this way and then uh and then she want insisted and and uh right hey Sonny and then uh and then uh you know just got very bad hey, Jackson I don't even know what the slime does okay hold on okay let's see we got a dog we got we've we've finally adopted we've been trying to adopt to adopt with this wonderful rescue and they, they checked out our house they checked out us and last night we went and picked up our puppy, and it, and I tell the kids just like what his Jackson's mom and I left the house one day, and it was the two of us. And we came back and we had Jax, and it was yeah. the first night he was like, like we didn't know what to do, 
you know, and there he was. And then one, a couple years later, uh, I came, his mom and I went to the hospital, then I came back and got Jacks. And I have this video where I took him down to the hospital and we got his sister. Do you remember that, son? Yeah. And then last night as we were driving out to the foster family to get the dog, I said, well, now it's that you and I are leaving. And then it's like, there are how many people are in the family? <laughs> they got an argument about how many different people. He thinks the dog is his mom's house is part of the, anyway, but it's like that, you know, so remember, we never had a dog together here, and the dog's like a, such a big deal, we're so excited, so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I got very lucky on this one, and so I lost a uh, 100 pounds, and, uh, but now we're all working, <laughs> you know, but being healthy, you know, is, uh, and uh, got to be alive for these kids, right, Sonny? And I'm going to, and I'm going to summarize this and go right back to Eric with another question because I could ask a thousand questions, but Eric has more than that. But you got to really, you're seeing a side of Tom Arnold that some people don't see. And I'm glad that on the Neil Haley show today, we're getting to see that because, you know, there's not enough positive things going on right now. We're not getting that positive news and what you do as a father and how you sacrificed and said, Hey, now it's time. And we're seeing your family life. That's really cool. So go ahead, Eric, with the next question. So, yeah, and I just, I, I just acknowledge that as well. You know, I'm, I'm a father of two and we've got a son who's about to be 17 and a daughter who's 15 now. And I mean, from the moment they were born, it was just, this is, this is what I waited for. Right. Um, and it changes your life forever. And, you know, I tell people, I was like, look, you don't want to rush into it, but once it happens, everything's different, but it's, it's, it's so much better. And, and, and you would, you would even, you know, reference where it just, it changes your, it changes your um, perception of life. It changes your perception of, of the direction you're going. It changes your perception of God because you're, you look at your child and you're like, you know, they're like, when they mess up your, you finally understand. It's like, no, no, I, there's nothing you can do that would make me love you any less. That's right. Like, like literally, yeah, I love you with every being in my core. Zero. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, but, but when you're before that, you can go, you know, how could, how could it, a God love me? But then right. when you become a father, you're like, Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know, it just, it we, changes. You know, we, when we talk about that a lot, they ask me about God and, uh, and you, and you know, uh, and cause we're Jewish. So, you know, yeah. we, they, uh, you know, sister, that's me now. Now uh, what, and what about Jesus? And, and, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I say, well, you know, Jesus was a great, great man. You know, he was Jewish. And, and I say, uh, you know, because God, you know, uh, God, and I said, by the way, you were with God and that just like I was, and then your mom was, I grew up here and I was born, I was looking for you guys. We knew the whole thing. And then your mom was born, she was looking for you guys. And then we met so we could find you guys. So we got Jackson and the three of us. And then, and I, this his sisters always say, "Well, what happens when when you die, Dad?" I said, "Well, I'll always be here. That's why we'll always be here, because I say God. I do this whole thing because you know, yeah, because I, I really mean it. By the way, I mean it uttered. There's no, there's no question. And and to me, if any questions with that with child's born, you look at the child's eyes and you go, "Oh, that's God, right?" Like a lot of people are saying, "Well, what is, uh, you know?" I say, "Well, it's, it's love, and it's." Every time I look at my son's eyes, my daughter's eyes, well, that's, so there's no, everybody can believe what they want to believe. And, you know, we're reformed Jews. We believe, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
Jesus was one of the greatest men that ever lived. That's what we, but he, to live in Jesus' way is a way to live. Everything that, everything you read about Jesus, every scripture, the greatest man, and, uh, and, and, and of course, he's the son of God because we all are. Uh, and so I said to my daughter, I am like, <laughs> I, well, I, I want to live up to, to his, and read everything you can about him. The way he lived his life is the way to live life. Now, God is, is here in our house. So that's why, you know, and that's why no matter what, we'll always be together. We'll be, your grandfathers, your grandfather's grandfathers, we'll be together. And, uh, and uh, it's not that you get a mansion in heaven, but this is heaven. Anyway. I'll bring it in, Sonny. I'll bring it in, okay? Um, I, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm loving this. But you know why? Because I've had, this has happened to me when I was at my oh, house. Absolutely. So I, this has happened to me where I'm on radio, and I'm doing this, and they're screaming, and I'm turning down the mic the whole time. Like, okay, you know how you turn the mixer down so no one hears you, and I have it on mute? And they're screaming and yelling. I'm like, okay, now I can ask my next question. So don't worry. We love seeing uh, I think what I love is that, that – do people really know this Tom Arnold that we're seeing right now in this? Yeah. Situation? Yeah. Like yeah. your fans and stuff. Do they know that Tom Arnold or even people that just know who he, like of the, of the movies and everything, this side of you is fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's who, it's who I uh, am. I don't, uh, you know, uh, if uh, somebody said, well, you have to, you have to convince people you're something else. Well, I don't have time to do that. Also, do you know uh, we're living in a, in a, in a di people say a divided time in the country, and I think I, I look at everything like I'm a father. This is how I feel about this. This is how I feel about this. This is what I could do. I try to make the country better. Uh, I'm a very proud American. Yeah. I'm very proud. Of a, I'm a I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I have certain obligations as a citizen. Uh, you know, and, uh, and and I'm not afraid of anybody or anything. I need to make the world, the country, and the world as good as I can for my children's future. And um, you know, sometimes you and you have to stand up for what you believe in. And and I have different ways of doing that. And uh, but this is who I, you know, this is who I am. I also will answer every question my kids have. We also celebrate Christmas hard here. The blowups we do, we do them at all the. You know, of all of our neighbors uh, in our last house were uh, uh, obviously they're Jewish, but a lot of people from Iran and a lot of well, we blow it up. And, yeah. and Santa Claus is we celebrate every holiday that is uh, food and fun related. My son collects; he has a shed full of Christmas ornaments. Now, now that's a different. You know, Santa is just good, and and between. Us, there's a no. There, Hanukkah has no good songs, and we celebrate <laughs> Hanukkah, but it's not a song. But we Christmas, the spirit of Christmas, yeah, is such a great spirit, and we celebrate right after, right after Halloween, we start putting up lights. There's actually Christmas lights in the back here, but it it's something that's kept our me and the kids. We've had we got through some dark times. You know, the kids went through a a a, 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 a divorce, and they. The, you know, living in the house of me, and it was, uh, you know, got a little, you know, uh, I, I, I know from being a child of divorce, uh, you know, uh, they needed something that was consistent and they could hold on to, and and and, and Christmas, 
who doesn't love Christmas and the stories of Christmas. And my son captured Santa coming and he captured all his video stuff and, you know, the Christmas and then the elves mm-hmm. and, and the Christmas elves. They, there's books about it and what they do and the reindeers and every night. And we just built this, this collection because the stories are so good. And then figure out how Santa gets to all the places, how they started studying uh, ge- geography and s- travel, space travel, and the the the, the world, and, and you know, Amazon does <laughs> somehow. Amazon gets to all these places, and uh, we ended up recreating the moon landing, the 50th anniversary last summer, with their drones. They met the they met Michael Collins and uh, Buzz Aldrin because they 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 were out in Pasadena on the day of the 50th anniversary. You know, when I was a kid. That was a huge day, and for my oh, kids, yeah. so we we put up on social media part of it, but to recreate the actual. And Michael calls told my son how it was to fly the. My kids make some pretty awesome, you know. They're very they're smarter than I for sure than I was their age, and technically how he had to land and, uh, you know, also that camera drone that flies over our neighbor. We have some very I have some very cute. Neighbors and they, and, and the, you know, I'm single. Yeah. Anyway, they uh, they they fly over their their uh, places, but sort of recreate that. Have these guys? My kids have no idea that these are the guys. Yeah. You know that it is, but science the science of what kind of rocks to land on, and then how long are we literally during at the 50th anniversary recreated. And to me, that was, uh, you know, we do stuff like that. But we the Christmas thing, we do it. We have four Christmas trees. One's up already. We have the stockings they do. Some have the stars of David, and uh, oh, wow. but we it's the, it's the spirit of Christmas, of, of celebration of uh, what Santa Claus represents. And I don't even know. <laughs> it's just uh, this of giving and being of service. You know, I have a very famous heart camp, the the biggest heart camp in America for kids with heart defects. And from day oh. one, my kids have. You know, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and I, my buddy, my son loves him. We give out 10,000 Christmas gifts to kids. That's Arnold. Uh, oh, I don't know why we're cowboys. We have a thing called After School All-Stars. And, and we give out 10,000 Christmas gifts every uh, Christmas to kids. And a lot of, it's, it's an early gift. And that, that's yeah. a, it's a terrible shame that, that a kid, how can that be? Yeah. You know, you know, that, how is that? And that 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 that's that they, the kids have to get their only Christmas gifts from Arnold Schwarzenegger and me for the last twenty five years I've been doing it, but we that's have to funny. change something. But uh, Arnold was the first guy that came into the del- delivery room. I mean, he, if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, apparently you can walk into a delivery room. And he, <laughs> Probably. He, he held uh, he held Jacks, and Jacks, uh, you know, has got gone to his house and. And, and my kids have learned, you know, by watching movies and, uh, you know, seeing Arnold when he was Conan. And then they were like, why is he younger? You know, they, why does he, why is he old now? Why Is that the right. same person? Right. You know, not through mine, because I don't say watch my movies, but through my friends, like, how does that work? And how does, how is somebody's face, you know, get stuck by a bee and then, you know, that, you know. And so right. my, we've rebuilt, I showed them a prosthetics and, because it, it's, or dad, why do you have a family in this movie? And, you know, and so through this kind of stuff, you know, and uh, my son has a giant poster of Arnold in his bedroom, not of Tom Arnold, but of <laughs> this guy. Cool. 
that, uh, but, you know, that they're real people yeah. who then say, well, this is a real job we do. And a yeah. makeup person does this. And my daughter's very interested in that. And, and then my son's interested in uh, the technology of the, the, the camera technology, the new technology, how it's all on a board and stuff I, I never learned. So a couple guys are, are, you know, you on your iPad, you could do yeah. crazy stuff. So, oh, wow. you know, you learn stuff. And, uh, you know, but uh, we do, we make the most of every day. Well, it yeah. sounds and, uh, like it, you, have, you do have to have rules. And, uh, you know, we live in a very nice family neighborhood right now where everyone looks out for each other. We've got a, a fireman that just retired a couple doors down. Everyone knows who we are here. This is the first time ever. We do have a, a good uh, security system and, uh, you know, a little, yeah. you know, we, we aren't like out, you know, everybody would go out and we walk on the, everybody, everybody knows we're, they, we're part of the neighborhood watch. Yeah. We have a lady across the street, the old, older lady, she's probably not that much older than me. She's in charge of it. And uh, the incidents we, we have had where, where uh, uh, mom has shown up and, yeah. and whatever, uh, the neighbors all come out. They walk their dogs at the same time, so it bumps it down, and, and they love the kids. And you don't where we lived before in Beverly Hills, uh, and we're not that far from Beverly Hills, but that we had gates that were so t high that we didn't even know the neighbors. Oh, so right. it was uh, here. It's such a good feeling, and uh, you know because of COVID, a lot of the moms are can't go to Soul Cycle. So there's groups of, of moms that walk by every day, and they're like, "Tom, you got to join us," and I'm like. I will. <laughs> They're really, you know, like the single moms. And, uh, but I gotta get, I feel like I need to get in shape before I start exercising with them. Right. They're in such good shape. <laughs> like for real. Like, in the, <laughs> so anyway, they're very nice people. And, uh, and, uh, you know, life, well, life is good. Now, Tom, tell us about the podcast. And then uh, Eric has a legacy question after that. Let's okay. The podcast. Well, you, you know, uh, uh, Sasha Boggs, who, who uh, uh, started working, uh, um, you know, I had a bit of a scare in February. Um, you know, a part of his uh, stress and uh, I caught uh, a virus that uh, we've been talking about. I didn't know I had, I hadn't got my flu shot either. I've been running the kids around and uh, the kids' mom had been, uh, we, we weren't sure where she was and we just moved out of our house and moved into a guest house even farther away. So school was, and then I, I I I think I believe the my ex father in law had got sick and and, and uh, uh, I didn't have the details and and then mom showed up to take them to Arizona and I'm like oh and uh, and my lawyer said well you have to let her because dad is uh, sick and I just it just felt didn't feel right but anyway I put him in her car the next day I'm at that guest house you know I'm feeling I usually get myself calmed down you know I'm a, I work a program and. But my breathing was a little, you know, I didn't panic. But usually, like, I call myself down and go to sleep. But this yeah. night, I thought, I probably shouldn't go to sleep. Like, and so I ended up, I thought, I'll drive myself to UCLA. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just call an ambulance. You know, because you, when you're dead, you do have responsibilities. Yeah. Like, I did a lot of, the way I lived as a single or a young man or, you know, before I had kids was like, eh, let's see what happens. But then I called an ambulance. It got in, and then uh, uh, by the time I got in, the next day I had a, a massive organ failure. This is oh no, and so 
I was on an ECMO machine, uh, which is heart lung, and uh, yeah. my uh, kidneys shut down, and I was on a ventilator. And and by the grace of God, and uh, you know the the fact that my 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 heart cap is uh, most of the people are at UCLA, and I know so many people. I'm also a, a bone marrow donor, and I'm, they have a they know they know what's inside of my body. I just had a heart stress test. They they have a the inner workings of my body. They're very familiar with, and, and lot, all these great cardiologists are are there that. And so, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, hi, honey. Uh, but, but they, they came to my rescue and I, I, I you know, once I came to, uh, I said, what, what happened? They said, well, this is what happened. I said, what are these machines? And well, this is the ECMO. These, I said, well, how do I get, uh, how do they, how, how do I get these machines off of me? Because the people actually that were working on me were like, your life is, never get it you know they thought i was going to die of course first and and then it's it's changed forever you know this there's no more like uh, i got the idea that like you you're never going to be able to be with the kids by yourself it's going to be you're going to go from here to a rehab facility you're going to be slow you you know you aren't going to be able to exercise or walk around and uh i was like well that's not that's that won't do and then my friends who are these great cardiologists and know me very well They're, they they came down and said there's no way that we're gonna you are such a bad patient we don't want you around this hospital you're gonna give us a bad name we're gonna help you and I said what numbers do I have to hit to get this because all the numbers are on there they check out and they said here's the numbers you have to hit to get off this machine that machine and that machine and every day I worked on you know I just said okay I'm gonna do this and then when the every day with the experts of the different the lung person, the, the heart person, I improved, and they and they'd be surprised. And then one machine at a time, I got them off, and I ended up walking out of there after two weeks, which is shocking. Oh, I went home, yeah. we got a place to me and the kids. We got the kids back, uh, <laughs> was, which was a funny story. And uh, uh, but I got it back, and I had a nurse for a couple of days, and, and I know everybody says it's a miracle. Uh, but but you know it was a miracle, and uh, you know I got it back, and then I uh, you know have, uh, you know I go I'm at UCLA because I'm part of a study, and uh, but I'm always there because they always uh, right. do stuff. So I got to lose some weight, but you know I and I tell you first the first few times I I got on the elliptical I was like you know this is a little, but you know it came back I bet I better than I was before. That's great. Because before I let really let myself, you know, I just getting so run down and I never worked out. I, because I was always like, the kids would always come in like, Dad. And I realized, oh, I've just never, I quit doing that because it was always like running around or this. And then the kids, you know, I, and I was it really on me for not going, I need to do this for me. You're going to have to sit there for a minute, you know. And so uh, because the way we live now, everybody's, active and so but you know it was a it was a it was a you know i'm very grateful so anyway so i came out i said i need an assistant somebody will just run or you know and and this young lady said uh and my friends uh she was recommended by sharon stoner family and then my old assistant who left me for shonda rhymes she's like yeah i like i really like working here and i love kids 
but I have an opportunity to work for Chad Drives, who's a legitimate <laughs> yeah. big producer. And she, she met her, she worked at a store, like a kid's clothing store. And she said, at her first day, she said, I'll do all the crappy jobs, because I had somebody else or two. I'll write all the errors, I'll do all the crappy jobs. I was like, that? Because nobody says that in this town. Let me tell you that. Right, right. Here's what I'm going to do. And I just kind of watched that. She worked, and she was a comic, and, and an actress I knew. She worked hard and come out here, and then she, I, I said, you're going to stay on. I don't need all these people. As soon as we move into a house, we... And we moved to this house. I thank God I found the perfect house with a back, little back house, a small house, two bathrooms with kids. Two is all three bedrooms, okay. two bathrooms. Oh my God! And uh, but, but this guest house thing is office and the kids' classroom and an art room. And, and we moved in the day the mayor shut that. The mayor, by the way, of L.A. Right, right. Eric Garcetti said he got married in my house. Where I where, I know him and the governor uh, very well. And, He's doing a great job. I said, when are you shutting the town down? He goes, Monday. I go, I am. So the trucks came in in the morning, dumped all my stuff from a big house here. And so I had to figure out what am I going to keep? What am I donating right now? Do you know how it feels good to get rid of stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, so I've been getting rid of stuff, trunks of stuff. And then we got in this place. It felt good. And then, you know, I saw that she would be working here, working long hours to drive to, Koreatown, which is unsafe with a, Sasha, I'm talking about you, how you got here, with a roommate, this guy, nice guy, an actor, but he didn't let her, there was, it was a studio apartment, right? Yeah. But, and it, like, he, there was one parking place and he wouldn't let her park, like, she had to go out on the street and she'd leave here after dark during COVID. I was like, well, that's not, and I talked to her parents all the time in North Carolina, they're actually younger than me. And I was like, if I had a daughter and she was working, I'd be freaking out. So one time she's very tired. She said, do you mind if I sleep on the couch? And I go, of course I don't mind. I tell Rosa, who works here too, you always sleep on the couch. Everybody can always. And then I was like, you got you to gotta always sleep on the couch anytime. And so then she started doing it. It's insane. First of all, that guy, I'm going to go down there and talk to that guy that will always sleep on. And then my kids went there one time. They're like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and so... Anyway, then she started being her, and then I said, did you have a podcast? I started paying attention to her work. Very funny comic. I said, let's do a podcast in between all this stuff about this. I'd love to do something creative. And so we just started doing it for no, but you're like, put it up. How do you put up a pod on the iTunes or something? And then we, uh, the, these people contacted us from a real podcast thing, company, network. Yeah. yeah. We really want to do it. And, and nobody's really made, uh, adding to their stable of shows right now which is i said why do you want to do it i don't want to just do it they said we like the chemistry it's unusual because she's from a such a different generation you guys talk about everything and so right, right, we do true. that and then uh you know it's good it's good we have a lot of lot we literally talk about everything she's very open and then we go back and do our work and then uh we're going to uh taking the kids to a cabin at big bear down tomorrow for some vacation with no air conditioning, you know. All right. And what's the podcast name? And then it's called Two in the Bush. Like two in you the Bush. Say one in the hand, which she, Two in the Bush, which, were you not for, she went for me. It's a dumb name. Why do we have that name? You didn't like anything else. I didn't like anything else. <laughs> but, you know, we all, she, there's a million things she hasn't uh, heard of. Uh, I, I'll give you one. She, I go, she goes, we're talking about favorite celebrity couples. She goes, you know, Freddie Prince Jr., 
and Sarah Michelle Gellar, because they've aged. They've aged, the way they've aged. And I go, what? Well, they haven't had any work done. And they, they, the way they've aged, I go, the way they've aged? That's not my kid. And then I said, you know, Freddie Prince, uh, dad, uh, you know he was a comic. He's a great comic. She goes, yeah, I, I've heard some things about him. I go, no. You know, he was a great, and she had, she had very vague memory of Freddie Prince Sr. Like, he was the best comic. Do you remember, you know, when he would be on Johnny Carson, it's like Johnny Carson. And then this, her friend told me on this other show, you know, Joe Rogan is like the Johnny Carson of our generation. I'm like, are you kidding me? No one is like Johnny Carson. I just started screaming. Oh, that's great. That's oh, anyway. Definitely need to check that out. Uh, yeah, I get, uh, Tom, I've been blown away. Eric has a final question, and it relates exactly to our interview the whole time. So go ahead, Eric. Well, and actually, I'm going to switch it up. So, so I always talk about living a legacy, right? And and really, today's whole session is about you know you're living a legacy, and that and that your kids, right? Yeah. Um. So, um. And if there's something you'd like to add to that, I'd love to hear. But but I think the question now, um, kind of flip flop, it would be, you know, you're you're a writer, you're a producer, you're a stand up comedian, uh, you're an actor. Uh, apparently, you've been friends with Michael Jackson because you both caught on fire. Uh, <laughs> I've had dinner with him, yes, that's it. Um, and Sylvester Stallone and and Schwarzenegger and and Bernie Mac and all these people. So if as a as a writer, as a as a producer, as an actor, as a comedian, if if you could if you could write a scene and pick one actor, you know, who who would you? And maybe we narrow it down to someone you've acted with before, but that's up to you. What would you What would you think would be just a really funny scene to write about? Um, and who would you pick? A funny scene from my life, or just a funny scene? Just as a, as a writer, comedian. A funny scene. Uh, I don't know if you know who this is, but Maggie Gyllenhaal is a yeah. really great actress. And I, I'd done a movie called Happy Endings mm -hmm. with her that was a really great. And she played my girlfriend. She was younger. And, uh, and uh, my son was Jason Ritter, who uh, uh, the beloved John Ritter, who's a friend. Dude. Yeah. Uh, it's his side of and I loved working with her. She's so good. And she's Jake, still a little sister. I like him a lot too. Anyway, we were on our way to uh, to New York to this film festival, and we were sitting in the front row of first class. And Daniel Day Lewis is the actor that all actors look up to as the greatest uh, actor. You know, he played Lincoln. He played all these great Daniel Day Lewis. He's an yeah. actor's actor, and when he hits a role. Uh, we're told he becomes that person. You can't talk to him because he's in that character. And so uh, I, uh, we're, but we're in the front row, and then all of a sudden we see Daniel Day-Lewis walk by us. And Maggie's always, like, super cool because she knows all the actors, and, she, and she's in the act. But she's very funny and nice. So, and I'm like, okay, is that Daniel Day-Lewis? She's like, is that Daniel Day-Lewis? I'm like, yeah, okay, he's sitting there, okay. He's in the last row, first class behind So I go, okay, here's the deal. Um, okay, here's what we're going to do. Plane takes off. Here's our plan. I am going to uh, go up and uh, above him. I'm going to pretend that our stuff is, is <laughs> above her, in, uh, right above him in the <laughs> overhead. And then, uh, then we'll work our way. And then I'll, I'll, I'll need you to help me with it. You get up, help me. And then that's when we'll both go, oh, it's Sandy Lewis. <laughs> oh, wait. We'll but it was the craziest. 
I'm like up above him. And I'm like, oh, Maggie, is what was your person like? And it was so bad acting between her and I. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, hello, Tom. I don't know. I want, it's so nice to meet you. Oh, it's Maggie Jill. Like he was just like a normal person, of course. Yeah, yeah. And we were so obviously stocky about like, well, Maggie was your per. I mean, it was the nicest thing. Crazy and, to see you here. <laughs> yeah, and we were so bad, and then of course we stayed there and just hung out. And but he he wasn't. He was just being like a human. We thought, yeah. oh, him he's a character for. I forget what he was doing with project. He's gonna be a character, so we just want to be able to say hi and not break his because he's a method actor. Yeah. Here's our whole plan. He's just sitting there with his wife. Oh hi guys, <laughs> but the you know the assumption was okay. We got to do this. We're gonna be super cool, and uh, but that's just how. But that that would be, you know, something like that where you assume one thing and, uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna give you another quick moment. Hugh Grant and I were making this movie with Robin Williams called Nine Months, and we were up in in uh, San Francisco. And Jeff Goldblum, do you know who Jeff Goldblum is? Oh yeah, yes, yeah, he was in it with us and. And Jeff Goldblum is so cool, but we went to, we got flown by, uh, Je Hugh and I, Jeff Goldblum, got a helicopter because Aerosmith was playing, and we had a break, we had a couple days off, we flew to this giant outdoor concert, giant, like, it, 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 Jeff uh, has written about it in his book, there's like 80,000 people outdoors, great concert, and Aerosmith, I've known those guys since they got sober in the 80s, very nice guys, yeah. and you know, Jeff said something about, oh, well, I'd like to meet them. And I said, uh, well, I'll make sure you do. Well, after the show, we'll go up. And y'all introduce yourselves like you. Yeah, Jeff wants to meet Daryl Smith. I know them. Hugh Grant. Mm -hmm. I will introduce them. Like, cool. yeah. And then it got, it was towards the end. And I was like, hey, um, well, you know, and I was like, because uh, in the movie, Hugh Grant and I were best friends. And Jeff Goldman was sort of my enemy. He was married to uh, my sister, and or he, he, was, he was a jerk. So you kind of play off that a little bit. And then I was like, uh, uh, you know what, uh, Hugh, it, it was good towards the end of the concert. I was like, where's Gold? Let's just leave Gold. Let's go get the, let's go get the helicopter. You know, he, he's getting on our nerves. And then where is he? And then all of a sudden, he's supposed to be here, I said. He can find his own way back to San Francisco. And then, I, and then he was like, I know where he is. And I go, where? And he's on stage playing with. He was playing piano. Somehow, the guy Whoa. that I that I was going to honor him by introducing him had somehow been invited to play with Aerosmith. It was just one of those moments, like, oh, this is you know, where I was like, I'm going to be cool enough to maybe introduce you to my friends. <laughs> somehow, they invited him on stage. He, he plays piano, and then I was like, oh no, now we have to stay. Because our friend is in Aerosmith suddenly, and so it turned around pretty quick. But that's a that always say that's how God works. You know, yeah. you think it, you're yeah. you're cool, and uh, and you're gonna pull a shenanigan like leaving him there, and then he's <laughs> suddenly and he is sort of that. When he got up and he's like, "Hey, guy," he gives a shout out. Oh. <laughs> I gotta give a shout out to my friends. Oh. I don't know. That's it. That's always funny. Those losers down there that are watching me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Tom, you have a website. Where's the best place we can connect? That sounds fun. Where can we go? Where's okay. the best place to go, Tom? Yeah. Well, like on, it's two, it's two in the bush, but it's two in the bush. Like and subscribe on Spotify and iTunes and watch on YouTube. Sasha just handed me this. 
Sasha. Oh, you're awesome. I forget. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Absolutely. Great story. Thanks, I appreciate you stopping Thank by. Thank you guys very much. And we're going to definitely have I to come back on again another time when you want to promote some other project. Thank you. All right. Sounds good? Absolutely. All right. I take Thank care you very much. All right. See Thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Thank Neil Haley's show, guys. Take care. We're back to the Neil Haley Show in the Total Celebrity segment, and, and I cannot believe we have the winners of the Titan Games on Danny Spiegel and Matt Chan. Guys, thanks for calling, and congratulations. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Let's go first of all. We'll let ladies first. Danny, how does it feel to be to win this uh, competition, especially when you're going against world-class athletes especially uh, the celebrity athletes. I mean, it's got to be amazing to know you won. Yeah, it's a great feeling. It's incredible to have gone up against athletes from so many backgrounds and being able to you know, still come out on top. So it's one of those moments where I have to be super proud of all the stuff that I've done to prepare. Oh, absolutely. Just, you know, training every day. So it was really cool to to drop everything on a limb and go out for this competition that I was invited to and, and do so well. And I think uh, having my wife there and my mom was there for one of the episodes was just even better. It just was icing on the cake. So um, having friends and loved ones I get to get to be a part of it was it was just fantastic. And of course, getting to meet the celebrities and of course, Wayne the Rock Johnson, um, the, the whole experience was just something that was I'll take with me to the grave because it was really just one of the, uh, once in a lifetime opportunity. Exactly. And Danny, for yourself, that's been involved in competitions for a long time, just like Matt, you, you know, it's, I think that sometimes people over underestimated you guys, right? Especially looking at your experience and what you bring to the table in this competition. Uh, I wouldn't say you underestimated. I think people are pretty intimidated. <laughs> I think you were scared. Rightfully so. Yeah. Really, it was so, tough to know. It was really, it was yeah. tough to know because a lot there was a lot of the comp, uh, the competitors came from different backgrounds. So, you know, some of the some of the men and the women were were just beasts. When you see them, what they do, they do very well. And uh, I think, you know, they might have been intimidated by us, but I definitely had a little bit of the intimidation factor going. Some of those guys were huge. <laughs> well, but 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 I'm just saying for you, Danny, especially with your experience and what you've done you know, in, in your, in fitness, I mean, like in the CrossFit type of game and stuff that, you know, you really were ready for this and, and same with you, Matt, both of you guys are in awesome shape. People think about, you know, competing against celebrity athletes and how can you compete against the best of the best in the world? Well, ultimately you guys bring your a game as well, Danny, that's for sure. up against all, like, all of these athletes and it's funny because you know CrossFit isn't a huge sport yet so not it's not a common household name so when you hear uh, other sports you know I, I went up against an Olympian track runner yes like, you know yeah. everyone knows that in football everyone knows that sport so I think someone you know might hear CrossFit and they may not know exactly what it is that we do Hopefully, you know, as time goes on, that changes because it is a wonderful sport. And uh, both myself and Matt are are and have been the top of the sport. So we are we are the best, the best in what we do as well. 
So Matt, kind of define for me CrossFit really quick. So this is the platform for you guys really to promote CrossFit, especially beating those athletes in all these other sports to understand that what CrossFit is in certain ways. Some people know it. Hey, you know, they go CrossFit training, they hit the gym, but the competitions and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll use my definition of it. It's, you know, you, you perform varied functional movements, and that could be anything from body weight exercises to cardio exercises to weightlifting exercises. But the, the one big thing that they share in common is that um, they, they're all relatively intense. And, you know, when you, when you work out with that relative intensity that's right for the person that's doing it, um, it it's going to look very different from person to person. But for Danny and I, I mean, Danny definitely does a lot of stuff that I don't do anymore. You know, I'm 42. I'm, I'm a firefighter. I need to stay healthy for the job. And I'm not competing in that sport anymore. So, you know, I, I rarely do muscle-ups. I rarely do something like a handstand walk. Um, but she's prepared for all of that. <laughs> and the cool part is this, this competition, um, just the, the amount of training that I do, just an hour a day, I was prepared to obviously win this thing. So I, I think that's the testament to using cr- the CrossFit me- methodology as at least part of your of your training is that you're going to be prepared for anything that you want to participate in. Well, Danny, you're very modest, but trust me, you are you're a star in this sport and uh, keep up the great work as a as both of you guys as big time role models for the sport to get more and more people involved and and get the sport out there more, Danny, for sure. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So, guys, congratulations again for winning. Uh, and uh, very humble people, but hey, to compete against the best of the best in the world and win, you got to be, you got to continue to live it and breathe it and help others know that they too can overcome challenges and become champions like you too. So, thanks again for calling. Thank you. All right. Take Thank care, guys. You. Oh, you're welcome. Bye bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. 